Mic check, mic, 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 mic. Happy Monday, mic check, one, two, one, two, what is this? This is the K Podcast, welcome back to episode 21. Uh, here we go. This is, uh, this is, this is the week. Showtime is about to begin. Uh, we're talking about all the week one matchups, Zeke. Uh, a lot of news has been broken, broken about this Zeke Elliott news. Um, if you don't follow me, you can follow me on Instagram, my, my, uh, my, uh, podcast account. You can follow my podcast account on Instagram, Isaiah K Podcast. Uh, it's the way how you spell it, Isaiah, I-S-A-I-A-H, um, Kit, K-I-T-T, with a podcast, no caps, no spaces. Um, and I just reported that star running back, uh, Ezekiel Elliott just landed in Dallas, and somebody asked him, is he ready to rejoin the Cowboys? And he said, I have been ready. So, I'm very optimistic that a deal will get done. I'm very optimistic that a deal will get done. Between Zeke and the Cowboys, um, it wouldn't surprise me if it would happen late during the night, in the wee hours of the morning, or in the next 24 hours. And think of the next 24 hours, I could see a possible deal getting done. Um, so that's big for the Cowboys. That's important. Um, that it's important. They start off their season with two division games. If they win these two division games, this this is a good start to a season that. A lot of people have the Cowboys being very good this year and see them as valid Super Bowl contenders. But, I, so, in last week's podcast, I gave you my AFC and NFC division predictions. And then I gave you my playoff chart, my playoff, my teams that will make the playoffs and their seeds. So, going into week one, and I'm going to try to do this every week. Going into week one... I'm going to give you my top 10 teams. It's like almost my power rankings. It's my, it's, this is like my power rankings. But I'm, getting, I'm going to give you my top 10 teams going into week one. Um, this, is my, this is just a list that I have co- compiled together, came up together with. Just going into week one. It's not necessarily like I might have. A, it might be a team in here that may not make it the next week, or they might. There may be a team on here, vice versa. There may be a team. There may be a team that's not on here, but may make. But may make it to on the list on my top ten list, quote unquote, for the second week. So it varies. It can vary. Just some very similar to my Super Bowl bubble, but. This is a list that I have compiled where I think this is the top 10 teams going into the 2019 season uh, right now, week one. Uh, We're going to start from the top. Chicago at number 10. Uh, I I like Chicago. I had them finishing second in NFC North, as I said last week. Uh, Great defense, of course. Great personnel. Great personnel. not really much. Not not really a not really a strong, uh, like a significant weakness on their defense. They have a good they have one of the best front sevens in football. Um, Secondary is not bad either. Neither with Kyle Fuller back there at DB and Adrian Amos, they have those guys back there, and you add Ha Ha Clint Dix. Uh, so they have a great secondary. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, I always say he has limitations. Uh, he, he proved himself a little bit last year with throwing a deep ball, but I still see him as a guy having limitations. Um, not really. I don't. I don't know if he can really carry this Chicago team to a 
uh, Super Bowl appearance. Uh, I, I, I like their, de- their, 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 their defense, I already said I like, um, but they lost a the defensive coordinator last year, Vic, 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 Jan- Vic, Vic Jan- Janio. Um, they have a good GM, though, and uh, they have a first-place schedule. First-place schedule, tough. that means a tough schedule. Um, good defense, but inconsistent. I think quarterback that has limitations, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I see them as my number 10 team. Number nine, the Chargers. Nine of the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers, they're facing a lot of absences from probably their best player defensively. Yeah, their best athlete on their team and their best defensive player in Darren James. He probably won't be back until Thanksgiving around that time. They haven't gave us a timetable, but I'm, I'm guessing Thanksgiving is the that time span where you might see Darren James again. So he's out. Uh, then their best running back. Uh, probably their best athlete on offense, Melvin Gordon. He's having his contract disputes. Uh, the Chargers already made it aware that we will not extend him. Uh, we'll, they just talk about it the, the, after this season, the conclusion of this season. Uh, so hopefully he comes back. But they don't seem like they're all in. They lost their third receiver. He went to Oakland. Uh, the Chargers did him with a lot. Uh, they play in a tough division. I think they're going to have a rocky September. So the Chargers are at 9. The Cowboys. I have the Cowboys at eight. Uh, I think that they're gonna, like I said, they're gonna be good. I think they're gonna be good, and I, I, I predicted that they would go ten and six, second. They finished second in the NFC East. Um, of course, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm gonna stick with that. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I'm sticking with that. I'm gonna stick with that. That that call. I see them as being, uh, I see them as being a good team. But I think depending on, depending on this Zeke situation, you may see them struggle during the first few games uh, to get that thing back. But they have they have their O line healthy for the first time in just about a year and a half ish. Uh, they add Randall Cobb. They have a lot of play. Uh, they have a lot of good players. The Cowboys have a lot of good players that are twenty five and under. So they're very young. Um, at some positions, and I think that'll benefit them throughout the regular season. And you'll just see them win a lot of games because they're just, they're, they're a little bit more talented than a lot of these than a lot of these teams in the National Football League. Seven, I have the Packers. I told you I, I'm all in on the Packers. I love the Packers. I like what they have. They rebuilt their linebacking core. They have they got rid of Clay Matthews. They moved off of Clay Matthews. Got rid of Clay Matthews. They built. They rebuilt and got and went younger. In their linebacking core, and I like it. Uh, I think healthy Aaron Rodgers. You give me a healthy Aaron Rodgers, I, I, I like their chances to win this division. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in this division. I have them at number seven. I think Aaron. Ro- I think Aaron Rodgers. He's due for a comeback type year, and it's not like that. Where, but you, you last few years, you can see the you can see the decline in Aaron Rodgers' game and. A decline hit the the Packers wins because they didn't get they haven't they missed the playoffs last two years. So I had the Packers at number seven, uh, number six. The Texans they just made a deal that I like. Uh, they, they 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 Clowney was asking for Khalil Mack type money, Aaron Donald type money. We all know Clowney is not worth that. I. I you got you had they had to move off him but they got their need they got a significant need that they have been missing for a while and there's a big need 
they fixed their offensive line problems. Left tackle Larry Tunsil. They had they acquired him in the trade. That is a good trade. They won. They got what they needed. They have or they already have a pass rusher. JJ Watt. Next, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers at five. Uh, I like that they have on the defense, sec- young secondary, young and emerging secondary. They actually led the league in sacks. I don't know why people f- feel, I, 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 a couple listeners actually agree with me with, with my AFC North pick. I, I, I picked the Steelers to win the AFC North at 11-5, I think, even 10-6, 11-5. But I picked them to win the AFC North, and I thought I would get, I thought I would receive a lot of pushback but actually, some listeners, I talked to some listeners, and they actually agree. They actually agree with me in my decision to make them, to, to, my decision to making the Steelers or predicting the Steelers to win the AFC North. They actually agree with it. I, 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 I'm standing firm on this pick. Add Devin Bush, they have a young secondary. They led the league in sacks last year. Little do you know. Uh, then you get you get rid of all the headaches and the problems and the rumors and the drama with Antonio Brown, uh, mostly Antonio Brown and some of you know Le'Veon contract dispute. You get that out the table. You move that out the way. You you give you give give Mike Tomlin some time and a peace of mind to actually focus on the, his defense, his calling card, quote unquote. Uh, it, it is his calling card. His calling card. He the, the defense is going to be good this year. Um, I'm not saying they're going to be a top five defense. Don't get me wrong, but they they have a good defense this year. Uh, Big Ben led the pass led the, led the league in passing yards last year. So Ben he's gonna. He, continue to have a good season I think he he tries to do a little bit too much at times but I think he'd be well he's still a top 10 elite quarterback he's still he's still in that time of his career uh the, you know people say oh what are you gonna do without Antonio Brown where, where are those yards where are all the productions gonna go the Steelers are known for producing receivers, making receivers. Hines Ward, Santonio, from Hines Ward to Santonio Holmes, from, from to Mike Wallace, to Mike Wallace to to AB, now AB to Juju Smith Schuster. Not to forget about Martavius Bryant that they had for for a second. Not to forget about Plexico Barris that they had or uh, Antoine Randall L. They, they, the Steelers are known for having and developing and making receivers. I like James White. He played phenomenal in the preseason this year. He got he, his hands were a little bit questionable last year, but he made some great catches that I, you know, that I saw in the preseason that I like to that I like to see. So I think the Steelers win the AFC North. I'm standing firm on that, and I'm very confident in that pick. Um, four. Four, four, I have the Rams. Four, I have the Rams. Todd Gurley health issues. Uh, we'll see. Uh, to get Cooper Cup back. Actually, Cooper Cup, while he's on, when he was healthy and on the field, Cooper Cup was targeted more than Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. Cooper Cup is, brand, uh, Cooper Cup is Jared Goff's favorite weapon. He, Jared Goff this, just didn't have Cooper Cup uh, for um, a, uh, a a majority part of the season. So Cooper Cup is back. They drafted they drafted some linemen, which is good. They're gonna have a good defense. I like their defense. They um they add Eric Weddle, Clay Matthews. Of course, obviously those guys are either outside of their primes or out of their primes or 
they're in the back end. They're in the back burner of their primes, which is fine, which will work. But I like the Rams. I like the Rams offense, of course. They're very explosive, very well balanced. They were top five in passing and top five in rushing last year. It's a well balanced machine in in L.A. Uh, I like I, like I told you guys the previous part previous podcasts ago that I love the culture that Sean McVay has developed and built with the Rams. Um, they're 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 very veteran friendly veterans that are looking for a team or looking for a roster spot and trying to compete and want to you know accomplish and win a Super Bowl. They look at the Rams due to the Sean McVay culture that has been equipped within the Rams. So the Rams at number four, number three, the Patriots. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think the Patriots, uh, I think they're the best team in the AFC. If I had, if you told me, if you holding a gun to my head and you said, Hey, you have to pick the best team in the AFC, pick a team in the AFC that you think is going to get to the Super Bowl. I would say the Patriots. Um, I'm going to go with the Patriots until I'm proven wrong. Uh, it's, it's always, it's always, it's always been a, wise decision, wise choice to just go with the Patriots. So I have the Patriots at number three. Now, like I told you guys at the beginning of this segment, I don't think, this is not, I don't, I'm not saying that the Patriots are the third best team in the league, and I'm not saying they're going to be the third team, but I'm saying, as of right now, going into week one, they are third in my top ten list. Um, due to a couple injuries that they have, uh, they, well, they've been, they've been a little inconsistent with their, their roster cutting. They didn't have Demarius Thomas. They're just now getting Josh Gordon back and acclimated. He just got reinstated. Uh, David Andrews, their center is going to be a huge, he's going to be a tremendous, significant loss, um, in their O-line. He, he does all the audible. And so he's going to, he, he's going to be dearly missed. He's going to be truly missed. So I have them at third as of right now, but I think the Patriots still win the NFC AFC East, no problem. And if I had to pick a Super Bowl, if I had to pick a representative from the AFC who would represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year, I would have to go with the Patriots again. Uh, second, the Eagles. I all oh, I, I I you know these last few weeks I've been telling you about the Eagles. I've been telling you, telling you, telling you about the Eagles. I absolutely love the Eagles. I like their draft pick on the old line with with Dillard. Um, I like their GM, Harvey Roseman. He's probably one of the best GMs in the league in football right now. He, with all the moves that he has made, uh, I, I, I often say it, Philly has the best roster in the NFC. You give me a healthy Carson Wentz, Philly has the best roster in the NFC. They don't have tremendous back. They don't have tremendous running backs, but I think with their offensive line being as good as they are, and they do a running back back committee similar to the Patriots, I like what they have. They you give you give Carson Wentz to Sean Jackson, a guy that's older and a veteran. Yeah, he's old. He's a little older and he's in the back end of his prime. But Deshaun Jackson will still get down the field and beat you down the field um, as a deep threat, as a bona fide deep threat. I just think I just think that adds another element to the Phillies to Philadelphia's arsenal offensively. Um, so I often say best they have the best in uh, they have the best roster in the NFC. With a healthy Carson Wentz. Number one, my best team going into week one, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Explosive offensively. You add Frank Clark and Chris Johnson to that defensive line. I think their defensive line is going to cause a lot of ha- they're going to they're going to they're going to cause hell for some of these uh, from these for some of these opposing offensive line and quarterbacks. Um, 
that Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, it's not much to say. Then you add the the extra element that they just added with LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy, um, I'm not saying he's going to be a thousand yard back, no, but you know, by all means, I'm not saying he's going to have 1,500 all purpose yards, but I, th- I do think he's going to play a significant role within the Chiefs offense. I can see him as a pass catching, a pass catching back that comes out of the pass, that comes out of the backfield and makes a lot of plays down the field and make guys miss. I think LaShawn McCoy, Shady McCoy still has the ability to make guys miss in the open field. So, so I have the Chiefs going into week one as my number one team. That concludes my top ten list. Um, you know, it's some of the same teams that I think are going to get to the playoffs. and some of the same teams that I think are, um, you know, that's going to win their division. And, you know, these these are some of the teams that you heard me talk about and I've been that I've been talking about for the last few weeks. Uh, now, you probably wonder, oh, where are the Browns? Where are the Saints? Well, I feel, you know, the Saints are right outside the top 10. They're not far. They're like 11 or 12. They're right outside the top 10. Um, I, I saw a decline in Drew Brees last year. Late down the stretch going into the season, I saw a decline. I saw a decline. I saw, I saw some slippage in his game, and I don't like that. I didn't like to see that. Um, so I have the but, – but I already told you, I had the Saints going – Nine and seven, and I'm just—I I had to win in the division. The NFC South, I just don't know what I'm getting. I just don't know what I'm getting. I, I don't even feel like you want me to be. If you want me to be honest, I may—I I feel confident. No, don't get me wrong. I feel very confident. I feel strongly confident in my predictions that I made last week, but. It's just something about the NFC South, and I said this. I said this previous podcast ago when I did my AFC NFC predictions. It's just something about the NFC South where there's just about different winners every year, and I don't know if I can really pinpoint a team that I know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna get. I just don't know what I'm gonna get. Um, I, so I'm a little worried about this Saints pick because I, I I have a feeling that the Falcons are gonna come back and resurrect themselves from last year's disappointment um, because they were really they were they were they were not themselves last year or the Falcons that we known uh, for the last few years they weren't that last year and they kind of they fixed some of their problems that they had some of their problems was just players were weren't healthy. But now they got those players back. You got an old line, got Devontae Freeman. Not to mention that you add Julio Jones and that explosive offense with Matt Ryan. Uh, I just feel some type of way with this with my pick with the NFC South. Any any other pick I feel strongly I feel strongly about and about and I feel confident about. Um I'm willing to double down on those. But the NFC South, oh my God. It's just it's crazy because I just have a funny feeling that the Falcons will have a good season this year and they're gonna probably go like ten and six, but I had them at eight and eight. Um, Carolina, I could say the same about Carolina, but I don't know about Cam Newton's health. His health is an issue, and I told you guys this. I also told you guys this last week. Um, you know, on the podcast where I talked about my predictions. 
I, I like elements. I like important elements that the Panthers have on their roster. They have some important elements on their roster that are important, that, that I find important, and they're good in those positions. They're good at those spots. But I just don't know, first, what I'm getting from Cam Newton on a week-in, week-out basis. Because he's, he's very erratic. He's very, he's very sporadic with his play. And then I have the same concern about just the Panthers in general. Because they, do, they tend to do the same thing. You know, they tend to do the same thing with their, with their up-and-down performances week-in, week-out. So, and then the Browns. You guys, I've been talking about the Browns for the last few months. Or the la- for the last month, I've been talking about the Browns and how I think they're going to struggle in September, October. But after week 9, week 10, once they get over that, once they get over that tough part of their schedule, I think the Browns, I think the Browns, excuse me, I think the Browns will go, will, you know, will finish the year off very strong. I just think they have a very rough September and October ahead of them. So that's why they're not in my week one. Now, if they come out and just kill Tennessee, they may have a chance to make it in my top ten. They may. But that is, a re- that, that is just the reason why I see them or I don't see them in my top ten because as of right now because I think they're going to struggle September, October. But they start to pick it up later in the season, near Thanksgiving, and in December, and I think that will eventually lead them and help them get to the playoffs. Enough said. Enough said. Okay, we're back. Um, so at the conclusion of the college football weekend, or the, the you know the college football debut weekend, uh, you know, hope everybody. You know, I forgot to say, hope everybody had a good, safe holiday. Labor Day. Um, I watched the Louisville and Notre Dame game. Notre Dame, um, I don't want to hear Notre Dame as a contender for the college football playoff. Notre Dame it, are not contenders for the college football playoff. They're not. Uh, they, they, they look very sloppy last night. They are overrated as a football program. I think they're overrated as a football program. And every time and I, I said it, I think when I was discussing my my first few episodes when I was dis- discussing uh, college football, I think I mentioned that I, Notre Dame. You always put Notre Notre Dame has good regular seasons, but you always put Notre Dame in these championship games and in the college football four, and they always just they don't show up. They stink. The, they stink up the joint. They don't show up. Um, it's, and it's just a bummer. Because you know they they had they you you have all these other teams where they might suffer a loss here or there two loss teams but they still win their conference their respective conference like the Big Ten and they have to go through hurdles throughout the season and Notre Dame don't have a conference they go undefeated and they don't nearly have to play the stiff competition that a Georgia do or that a Ohio State do or that a Michigan does. So I, I Notre Dame don't 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 I, I'm not fooled with this whole the the are is Notre Dame contenders for the college football playoffs. No the hell they're not. No. No they're not. They're not. They are not they are not contenders for the college football playoff. No they're not. 
No, they are not. But, from what I saw, I, I could easily see them having three losses on their schedule. They have to go to Georgia week three, week four. They have to go to Athens. They're going to lose that. They're going to lose that against number three Georgia. They're going to lose that game. They have to go to Michigan. They have to go to the big house. That 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 is that's 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 supposed to be an L. That is supposed to be a loss. Then they have SC and Stanford um later down the season. And no and they have no conference play. They play no conference. No conference. So they have no conference competition, of course. Then they have to play Michigan at Michigan and Georgia at Georgia. Those are I would say, if I'm a bad man, those are two losses easily. And then, you know, late down the season, USC or Stanford might catch fire. And, you know, that's a rivalry. Anything can happen in rivalries. Stanford could possibly win that game down I mean, in the last game of the season. They could possibly win that game. So the Irish, the fighting Irish, Notre Dame, are not, compl- are not playoff contenders. I'm not buying it. Don't don't mention them no more when it comes to college football playoff. Do not mention the Notre Dame. Do not mention Notre Dame. Please don't. Please don't. Um, Oregon, and I oh, and I and I said it. I said it here. Even though I know, and you know, you might some of you guys might think I'm hypocritical because I talked about the SEC dominance and the Southern dominance and the geographical dominance that college football is experiencing right now. But when Notre Dame puts up a performance like it did against Clemson last year in the college football playoff, and then that's the only thing I, that's the that's the last memory that I have of Notre Dame coming into this season, and they barely they squeak past Louisville, and they have to go against Georgia at Georgia on the road, and they have to go against Michigan at Michigan on the road. Why should they be in the college football playoff? Because that is, for certain, two losses. That's two losses. Those are two losses for for Notre Dame. So I so I know I've been talking about the geographical dominance that the that college football is experiencing right now. But it's performances like that to Notre Dame and to Oregon this past weekend, and it makes you say, "Well, yeah, no wonder." Georgia and Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State makes it every year, or Oklahoma makes it every year. No wonder, because you have Notre Dame non-conference, non-conference playing self taking L's, and if they go, yeah, if they go undefeated throughout the regular season, if they go 11-0 throughout the regular season, you put them on national television, you put them on the bright lights, they, 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 they get stomped by 25 or more. And then with Oregon, Oregon, the coaching staff was terrible. Coach staff was terrible. They lost those games. Oregon, Oregon, Justin, and I heard people talking about Justin Herbert and is he overrated? No, I don't think Justin Herbert is overrated. Um, some of the some of the pieces that he has to compliment him aren't that good. Uh, to start off with, they're, they're, they're not that good. If he was at a Clemson or Alabama or Oklahoma or Ohio State, uh, I think you'd be having a different perspective for those who think he's overrated. You have you'd be having a different view and perspective. On 
Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Trevor Lawrence on Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert didn't lose that game. His coach lost that game. His coach mismanaged time just like he did last year against Washington Stafford. He he mismanaged time. He And you did this against an Auburn team led by a freshman quarterback. Auburn's probably going to finish third. They're probably going to finish third in the SEC West this year. How do you lose that game? That's a game that that is a give me. That's that's nearly a gimme. That's nearly a gimme. When you think about when you think about okay, everybody's complaining about the South and the Southern teams like Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, so on and so on, making the college football four, you know, every year. It's if it's just like becoming repetitive. Well, okay. We give the Pac-12 a chance. We put them on national television. Oregon is the best team in the back in the Pac-12. You put them against Auburn, against a true freshman. You're like, okay, Auburn's gonna win this. I mean, Oregon's gonna win this game. Oregon is supposed to win this game. Nope. Their coach, Mitch. Their coach, Oregon's coach, mismanages time. He's <coughs> excuse me mismanages time, and just completely lose the game to a true freshman. This is why the Pac-12 won't make the college for a four this year. This is why. And I and Notre Dame, no. Notre Dame, I don't care if they go 10-1. and I don't care if they go 11-0. and They didn't have to face the same competition as a Georgia or as a Ohio State in their respective conference. Oh, my bad. Notre Dame don't play in their conference. All the other sports take place in the ACC. But, hey, football, no, they're too good for that. They're too good for a conference. They're too good for ACC football. So, you know, Notre Dame has its own networking channel. So, I don't care if they go 11-0. I don't care if they go 10-1. Notre Dame should not make the college football playoff. They should not. They should not because just based off the fair off the fairness part, and you you, you looking at Ohio State, you looking at uh, you know um, Georgia, Oakland, they didn't have to face the same competition. You, we you know during the conference play because they didn't have conference play. So simple as that. Don't don't bring up Oregon. Don't mention don't don't mention um you know. Notre Dame making a college football playoff or are they contenders? No, they're not. No, no, Oregon is not going to make the the college football playoff this year. No Pac-12 is this year, so they can just wipe that off their boards. And then Notre Dame should not be in the college football playoff this year. I don't care if they go eleven and zero this year, but they won't. They go. I see them going nine and two because they'll lose to Georgia and they'll lose to Michigan, both on the road. Um, so yeah, that's what I see them going. Notre Dame, don't get me wrong. Notre, I like Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not a good, it, it, it's a good football program, but it's overrated and they need to join a conference if they want to see themselves in the foreseeable future get in the college football playoff. And my, it just, that's just, um, that's just my perspective. That is just my perspective on things. I think they should join a conference, ACC. They should join it. But hey, you saw you saw what happened when they played Clemson in the College Football Four last year. Good God, good God, good 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 God, twenty seven point blowout. Come on, man, come on. Um, so 
I got that college football in there. Uh, I, I I I enjoyed that this year. I mean, I enjoyed that this weekend. You know, just seeing some college football back. Uh, I, you know, Jacoby Brissett, the Colts extend Jacoby Brissett um, to a two-year deal worth $30 million. I don't know if that means... I don't know if that means they see him as a franchise quarterback. I don't think they see him as their fran- as you know as a franchise quarterback. I just see them. At, I just I think the coach see him, look at him as a guy uh, where you know, okay, you're good enough to be a starter in this league. We'll see what you do, but for now, you know, we're gonna keep our options open. But you are a starter in this league, and you are a starter on this team for now. So that is all. Thank you for listening. Uh, like I said, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview that I did. I'm gonna do more of those. Um, you just, you know, you know where to contact me. You know how to contact me if you need to. If you are interested in those in in that interview, there is some type of qualifications that come with that. But you, depending on who you are, uh, if, if you contact me, uh, I might take your interview request in consideration. So. Thank you for listening once again. Uh, you guys are doing a you guys you got you, you know what you guys are doing a fabulous job and listening to these ads. You guys are doing a great job with clicking and listening. Um, you guys can continue to do that. Continue to do that. It's only going to get better. Uh, keep me in your prayers. Thank you for listening once again. You know, I know it's hard to bear me. Uh, you know, you guys are saying, when is some listener ask me, when is, the, when is the next pod? Do you have a podcast schedule? When are you dropping them? I'm going to give you as many podcasts or episodes, you know, whatever, as I can. Um, I was trying to do two on this. That last episode I recorded, I was trying to do two episodes, but... It's fine. I'm good. We're good. Keep listening. Keep listening. Um, and thank you. Thank you very much. I'm out.